day to all of you. Welcome back to another episode of the Captain's Log. I'm Captain Zach. I'm Captain Greg. And today we have with us Captain Tito. And uh, so how you doing today, Tito? I'm doing great, my friend. Doing great. Love to see you again. Panico is with us also. Thank you. Newly married. Congratulations, guys. And you guys just got, you got married not too long ago. Well, so thank you. Thank you. Big congrats to you guys. Now, Captain Tito is a guy that's that's everywhere. He uh, he's been he's been around the block a time or two. And uh, you know, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, just in, in any stories you may have. Just let's get into it. We're interested. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome with you guys, and also it's an honor to be with you again and to see your face one more time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, in 1983, I came here to play baseball and uh, spent a lot of time with the Espos and I ended with the Orioles. In 2004, was the last year to play in baseball as a professional. And uh, but before that, uh, my family's grew up from fishing. And as a commercial, and also do a lot of industry just in fishing. So we descended the entire family from fishermen. fishermen. We got the blood. We got the blood. We got the salt water into the old veins. Yeah. And uh, so, in that time, you know, my parents uh, dedicated all their life plus his side family as a fisherman. Every single commercial with the net, long line, bottom fishing, scuba diving, lobsters and everything. So, and uh, when I started here in, uh, in 2004, I dedicated more time to some business plus fishing. And that's what I was still in Ocean City, Maryland, doing the same thing over and over and over. You know, commercial and uh, make the money what I can. <laughs> that's it, that's it. So what made you, you came from a family of fishermen, what made you go be, go play baseball? I mean, that's because family of fishermen and become a baseball player, so what? Well, the heritage that we have, my father used to play double uh, A, and he played first base. And at that time, he had to quit everything because the reason uh, they were very poor to support the family. And that was a sport. My hometown, Rincon, Puerto Rico, is dedicated for sport. We recognize our life for surfing and uh, fishing and also playing baseball. Oh. That's, uh, that's the gene, the heritage that we have in the local community. So we dedicated a lot of time on the sport. So I grew up on sport. I also grew up on fishing on the side. And who's uh, already got the talent to move on, you know, you got the chance to move on. And it's a talent. You were lucky enough to be one of those, huh? Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. It did get a lot of dedication, yeah. a lot of commitment, yeah. and also a lot of dedication and sufficient. You have to spend some time on the water to know exactly what us natures can give you. Right. And respect the nature. And especially because here, they different than diff different waters that you see everywhere else. I mean, you know, so take some time to get used to the, the waters itself i mean there's in this area alone in, in ocean city alone there's bays there's there's the ocean there's inlets i mean i never even knew what an inlet was until a couple years ago so i mean there's just different things you gotta be prepared for on the water so That's I mean, it's you know and it may be different down in puerto rico there might be you know you got the gulf of mexico right there and you got other you know so it's different different waters caribbean. and different yeah. caribbean yeah, it could, yeah. Be, could be very different uh 
waters than what you see here. So in 2004, you came to Ocean City, Maryland. Uh, no, 1983. 1983. 1983, yeah. okay. 1983, you came to Ocean City. Yeah. Stop, stop playing ball in 1984. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but also, uh, by that time, also we do a lot of commercial fishing. Yeah. One of the things that we got, uh, we do when I was growing up, and that time we don't have no GPS, and we had to go sometimes 30 miles. 42 miles, 50 miles, or short. And what do we look? We look for the mountain. Puerto Rico have mountains where you can see it through how far you are. Most of the time we are in the location, but also we look exactly the clouds coming in, the sun, what time the sun arrives. We see the horizon and the cloud, they can tell you exactly what kind of wind we're gonna get. So we predict it time and also we predict to the nature what it's going to bring to us. The forecast that we have most of the time just a little local forecast. They tell you a little minor thing for you to understand that. So we made the decision when we go to offshore that far, how much time that we had to get in, to have what time to fish, how much time we had to come back to make sure we don't hit the bad weather. Yeah. Okay. And through the horizon, we can see the wind breaking in. It's in a reason we are 30, 40 miles out. We can tell exactly, okay, we have to quick. Let's go moving little by little close to shore. If we don't have no GPS, the only we have is like an old timer. The sun, the moon, and also you look through the mountain. To bring one mountain to another mountain, we always come in the same coordination. You know, and it's like uh, I call it that way, like it's uh, any uh, any geese traveling. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mentally you had you your waypoint right there, and you got also your destination. I focus where you want to where you want to go. When it's coming to the storm, we face it right straight to the storm, and then it's the only reason we watch which way the storm goes. It's the only reason it goes south. We start here north because the land is north. The center reason come from the north, we know. We had to hit it the south. If that was the waypoint that we had. had, had you know. And uh, any buoys in the water, yeah, we have some buoys in the water. And we know exactly by conclusion or destination or waypoint. We can say, oh, it's only about two miles away from land. Could be a little more, two and a quarter. Or it could be a little more. But at least we know where the idea. waypoint or the, or, the, or the buoys are. All right. You know? right. And, right. Uh, but that's where we grow up. I mean, into the technology came and make us a little bit better. A little bit easier with the technology. You got radars on the phone now and yep. you know, even yeah. even cell phone service out there, you still get it every now and yeah. they got towers everywhere, so you do get that cell phone service that you can continue to check the weather and now there are a lot of people, I I I'd assume, that still check the weather the old fashioned way. I mean, some, you know, because a lot, I've met a lot of fishermen that don't even have smartphones, so they go back to the old yeah. way of checking weather and um, still the best way. The still. best way, it never fails. <laughs> the most accurate. Yeah. Yes. They never fail you. Well, now, mm -hmm. to this day, I still using the old fashioned way, because the reason is this I know how far I can go, and also when I care that people with me as a charter. To prevent any collision, I present it to them because we're going to expect that this time, instead of storm, we see the clouds going to be overcast. You say, Oh, you're going to be have about three hours fishing, and then after that, you have to go home. 
So you can predict it. Uh, you, you can make a your conclusion. Yeah. And you have an idea exactly how far you can go. And that way is to predict it, the time you're on the water to respect the nature. Nature is very powerful. Yeah. You know? But also we have to challenge ourselves. Yeah. And that's when you discover how far you can go, how good you are, is one thing. But also when you respect the nature, they give you the ability to become a better a better marine in the water. Exactly. Now, has, yeah. has there ever been a time that you did get caught in a storm that you weren't expecting? I mean... A lot of times. A lot of times. A lot of times. And uh, one day we have... Uh, I was close to the Dominican Republic. And the coast of Rincon, Puerto Rico is only 60 miles from Punta Cana, Puerto Rico. And uh, that's Dominican Republic. And we see in some clouds coming in. And uh, somewhere... Somehow the current changed completely and it turned so rough that by the time we started looking land, land was covered completely. So we turned the boat and we ended going into Dominican Republic land. And I looked back and I looked at the sun and when the sun's coming one way, one angle, you can predict it which way is land, which way it's gonna be the sunset. Right, right. And that time I look at the sun back one more time and we turn around. And when we turn around, we made the right decision. Yeah. And uh, it was lame. Sun was that in way. the wrong place. Otherwise, we thought, <laughs> otherwise, we're going to be ending pilot in jail. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm. And, uh, but, you know, I give you a lot of credit to my old man, in which uh, he's uh, very particular when he goes fishing. And you heritage all the knowledge, the understanding when you're in the water. And in the water, like I would say, it's a school in which you learn every single day more about nature. No matter how good you are fishermen you are or how fishing we are at this, we always learning something from there. And that's where they keep you more alive. And you can predict it more. Your life in the water. The people that you bring on the boat, you know, and it's a beautiful, beautiful life in the water. All my life. So, so the, the fishing, as far as with the fishing itself then, how is it different from here in Ocean City, let's say, and what you experience then during the winter months in um, Puerto Rico? Is it different, they're all different type or some of it the same? We have a lot of time, it's a lot of different kind of fish. Uh-huh. When you're in the Caribbean, you have, uh, I would say, maybe about another 50 more species, different kind of fish, in which that make you more realistic what you're looking for. Uh-huh. And when you're in the market, for example, if you want to look for tuna, you got a market for tuna. Tuna, you only have to go two to 10 to 20 miles out. Not the like 60 not, miles here. Not the 60 miles. It's a big difference. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, as long as we have the jet stream moving closer, we can go a little more far. When I was coming to the bottom fishing, the bottom fishing here in Ocean City, you have to go from 20 miles, 13, or maybe even 60 miles to 70 miles out to get to the canyon. We go sometimes 40, 50, but also you don't have to go that far. You only can go two miles. Ah. But two, it's a big difference. Right. Now, the size of the fish also is different that is here that is not here. Right. You know, we have a lot of fish. It's make a lot of different than us in Social City, Maryland. 
when you're looking for one species only, for tuna, mahi, or whatever, Ocean City is one of the best spots. Down here in Puerto Rico, we have to wait. We have tuna year-round, but the major immigration of tuna fish is coming in December. December, all over down to June. That's the biggest immigration that we have of wahoo, mahi, and tuna. And we can get as many fish as we want. Yeah, man, that's a, it make a lot of difference. Yeah. And the, plus the distance. The distance is not that bad. Yeah, yeah. And you, you can see land 24-7. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Not like here, you can get lost out. You, can get, uh, you go out too far out around here, you, can, you won't see land at all for yeah. miles and miles and miles. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. So, 20, 20 miles, you're outside of land then. <laughs> yes, indeed. Especially yeah. around here, but in even, Puerto Rico, you got the mountains you can still see. You're still seeing that far out and, yeah. and further, you can still see the mountains. You least. know, one of the things that we have when we go 50, uh, 40 to 50 miles out, uh, we can see the lighthouse of Dominican Republic. Ah. So, is any way the engine turn bad or whatever, you end in Dominican Republic, or you maybe you end in Venezuela. Uh, so, <laughs> oh my, <laughs> big difference there. But, um, Pass, passing Cuba on the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> waving at the, uh, Cuba's a little more to the south, but uh, <laughs> because the jet stream is pushing, the jet stream is coming in very hard, and they call it the Mona Passage. Right. And you have to respect what is there because uh, nature is very powerful in that channel. Speaking, uh, yes, nature being very powerful, we're sitting here right now with Ida, uh, yeah. kind of starting to breathe down In the down horizon a little here. bit, yeah, breathing down our neck a little bit here. With, with the wind starting to pick up here then also from Ida, that's uh, so. It's indeed. Um, yeah, weather big factor. Exactly. So th this podcast is all about stories. Let's start with Puerto Rico. Tell us your best fishing story you have about Puerto Rico. In 19, uh, 1980, I started growing by myself fishing, and I remember that I went by myself. And uh, one of the things that I asked, okay, God, what do you have for me today? So I took a challenge. I would like to be blessed before I get on the water. We went to the net. And we got fresh bait. We got between herring, sardine, and also Spanish miracle and squid. That was the most typical bait that we used to catch fish. So I went seven miles out by myself. And that as soon as I hit to the bottom, the fish was so exciting to feeding, to eat. I was catching fish after fish. But at the same time, as soon as the current changed, it bring a lot of more predators on the side. When you catch more fish, always the fish will set everything on the mouth. They're coming out like a vomit, all the baits and everything. It brings a lot of more bigger fish in the area. We got a lot of tiger shark. And I remember that uh, one tiger came, one tiger shark. It was probably about 14 feet long. And he started around the boat. And a little bit time to the shark disappeared. Even about three minutes, he went different angle. And then I start fishing, and then another bull shark coming in. And the bull shark never disappears. He stayed close to me 24-7 to uh, depart from that area. And that bull shark, every single fish that I tried to bring, he took from me. Every single one. Well, I moved to a different spot and uh, to take advantage of the current. And I thought that the shark would 
disappear. He will move to someone area. I'll move at a quarter of the mile from that spot. Five minutes after that, the chart came to the same spot that I was. Mm. The same fish. And how can that shark can predict the time that I move from that air into I move a quarter of the mile from that spot? They can predict it by noise, and they start taking all the fish. Followed you, can followed you there. Every huh? single fish that I can bring in, he was taking it. And also, he came to the boat. He put the fin right beside to the top of the boat beside. In other words, he said to me, I am in command. <laughs> hey, this is my place, not yes. yours. You're you're the visitor here. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and I respect it, and I respect it, and that what I did, I took it with whatever I have, and uh, I took all the lines out and everything. I decided to leave more inside. When I can, and uh, inside, it was only about two miles inside from land. I saw a couple of my buddies fishing on the other time, you know, and they gave me a report while we were catching, they were catching tuna, and uh, some wahoo, uh, you know, kind of sort of fish. By the time that it was there, one of the guys told me, be careful, a lot of shark. Well, yeah, there was a lot of shark. I hooked a tuna that time, I would say probably about at least 35 pounder. By the time I burned it in, I saw the reef shark taking it. Mm. And uh, and I'm, it's nothing I can do. Just take the fish. So here's uh, what I'm gonna say is this: a lot of time we can predict it to nature how powerful it is, and a lot of time we can predict it how lucky that we are. We cannot be in a vessel and not to make sure we respect that ocean, what is there. Yeah. We are leader. We are so little compared with us there. Yeah. And it happened a lot of stories that uh, seeing sharks coming on the boat, they measure themselves, and they told me like this: "This is my land." Yeah. You know, and uh, the longer we respected them, I would say they respect us. The longer we can make an early mistake. Yeah, they can make a mistake too. Yeah, and that and that's the truth. I mean, you know, fishing fishing can be a hobby, but it also can be you have to yeah. really be careful because it can, in the snap of a finger, anything can happen. Especially going out in the yes, ocean. Indeed. I mean, you know, being on land and throwing a rod out and yeah. you know that's different. But going out on a boat, you know, you got the sharks, the different fish in the water, the weather, the you know, the currents, the. I mean, anything can happen. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yes. Here's, uh, by the time, uh, there's a little spot right there, when I'm, uh, the place that I mentioned. And I decided to go a little bit on fishing to see I can get it complete to pay for the expenses that day because the shark took all the fish that I hooked on it, all my tools, all the equipment that I have. But I still have something left. I dropped the line to the bottom by 1,500 feet of water, and uh, I got a spinning dog shark. One of the, the shark that has spinning point on us, and it's a poisoning. Well, I grab it, and uh, after taking the hook out, and somewhere, somehow, that shark flipped the tail, and he got me. Oh, here's the scar right there. That day. Oh I still had that scar for years and years and years in memory. They put one of the needles right there like this. And uh, you don't feel the pain right away, 
the that, that shot is probably about a pound and a half, maybe. I would say that. It's a little. Very short for the spine, though. And uh, I ended up going to the doctor but to get a two shot. And it took me two days to release the pain. Yeah. And that was one of the most beautiful memories that I had during that day in the fishing. And plus, I got so many memories that I can tell you in shark and, uh, and people, rescue people on the water. This, this is... Well, I mean, yeah. it, it, we got time. Let's, let's hear one. I mean, that's what, I'm sure everybody that would listen to this yeah. podcast would love to hear one of them stories. I mean, that, this is something... Here's another one that I have for you guys is... Uh, we fish in the nighttime, in the summertime, even in the wintertime, we fish in the nighttime for yellowtail snapper and also cabrera and also mutton snapper and so on, especially a lot of groupers at nighttime. But also we fish in a lot for lobster. And uh, we have a vessel, probably about, I would say, maybe uh, a quarter of the mile from us. And there was three guys inside the vessel. And my father and I, we were catching fish after fish, and we were catching an unbelievable amount of fish. And every single size of fish is very, they qualify as a major. And uh, we hear someone was screaming and uh, asking for help. So I asked dad, he said, dad, do you hear what I hear? He said, yeah. I tried to notify that I had no light, that vessel was completely dark. And there were the three guys that were down there, they tried to discover the area, the bank, where they were fishing. And what happened, they have a little, little panga boat in that time, and it's a wood finally made by local fishermen. And they went probably about a quarter of a mile or short, and one of the rope went in the water. Mm. They, they don't have no engine, it's only rowing. Rowing, yeah. And oh, so when I hear that uh, they're calling, they don't have no telephone, no radio, and which in that time you're not allowed to use it because you don't have it. Yeah. It's not a very affordable you know, to anyone. And uh, they were screaming for help. One guy tried to swim, and as soon as he jumped in the water, he told me he had to get back in. A shark coming in, a bull shark coming to the boat. So we uh, were running to them and uh, asking them, what is the problem? They said, we lost the rope, and we don't have no way to go home. And they said, uh, look, and they said, you got any life preservers? He said, yeah, we got a life preserver. He said, I want you to put it on. Well, one of the guys have it on, the other two guys, they don't have it on. When I'm looking at the size of the boat, yes, yeah, I saw the boot chart. I saw the boot chart probably about 18 feet long. It was around the boat completely. Oh, no. And they don't have no ropes or nothing. So we took the rope, we tied it on the port side of the boat, with a tongue in the boat and to land. Thanks God that the water was so nice and calm. And we still seen that shark following that boat into 20 feet of water, maybe 15 feet of water. We still seen that shark following the boat. My dad had the same kind of spirit too. That shark can predict you can follow the boat no matter what, even you don't see it, but the shark see you. Yeah. And, uh, that was one of the biggest experience that I have, even included for my dad. That that shark from far away, it can follow you all the way down to land. Yeah. And uh, so the guy came in, we river, it's a river right there, and we put the boat close to the river, and which the guy can jump in, get the rope, and put the boat. So we went back to the same spot that we uh, were still fishing. It was probably about one o'clock in the morning by that time. 
and uh, the fish was gone. So we moved a little bit inside. Well, the first visitor that we had, that was a shark. Was this? Yeah. Same shark. Yep. And uh, everybody, all the local fishermen was complaining because they seen that shark traveling from one boat to another boat. Well, there's a lot of fish. When you have a lot of fish, always the predator is down here. Yeah. They're feeding in that school of fish 24-7. And when we go up to fish down there, you know, we're taking a lot of from them. But also, the easy meal they're going to have is when we hook a fish. And make it easy for them to get easy to grab it, to take it. Yeah, this is a lot of stuff, a lot of memories. That what do you, what do you, like? What do they do with a shark like that? When like, I mean, there's not. I mean, is there anything you can do about it if you uh, keep different fishermen keep going out and, and the same shark keeps appearing? I mean, yeah. Well, years back in that time, you're allowed to kill the shark. Okay. And now because it's so protected, you're not allowed to touch it. You're allowed to hook in and everything. You have to after that. You have to release the shark, you know. And the conservation is better protected. They protected everything that we we can survive. Also, but also the nature they respect it. You know, right. it's understandable. Right. You know, they help us too in one way. In some ways, on area, they help us as a fisherman. And we are, but also we help the the culling of the fish to develop and increasing more for a new generation to come. But, uh, but at the same time, years back, there was no rules at all in which the amount of fish that we used to have is unbelievable. And to this day, we have so many fish. And it's amazing the population of fish that we have right now. You know, it's being controlled by conservation, by DNR, by some scientific, so on and so on. But at the time, they don't see what we see. As a fisherman that we are, they don't have the opportunity to see to experience what are we seeing in the water. Right, right. And then we've seen thousands of fish develop, and thousands of fish are feeding. And you have opportunity to explore that, and see that with your own eyes. And sometimes we don't fish, just we want to see it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. You, they give you an opportunity for a day after to come back and see that fish back again. The food supply is unbelievable inside the ocean. Yeah, so this is something like we, uh, and more time you spend on the water, you discover more, like I said before, but also you explore what nature can give you, you know, what God can give you, and also some area that's still virgin, undiscovered with so many places like that. Mm. And that make you a better fisherman. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, still got a little bit of time left, but uh, now, now I just want to ask: uh, What's the biggest fish you ever caught? We got a uh, blue marlin, and uh, there was 1,300 pounds. Wow. wow. And uh, also we got uh, two groupers that uh, 550 pounder, and they call it wasa grouper, and uh, also a lot of tuna they qualified major. But we've got a lot of, lot of marlins in Wahoo that they classify as a major trophy. Yeah. yeah. Now the blue yeah. marlins you catch here? or in No, Puerto, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, okay. Puerto Rico, yeah. Yeah, Puerto Rico. Most of the biggest tuna that we catch have been here too. But, uh, you know, at least uh, close to 700 pounder, close to 1,000 pounder tuna. Wow. Yeah. So 
beautiful fish. Yes. But, uh, yes. you know, most of them, though, we release it because they are females. And we see in it. And so we release the fish. You know, we keep it sung. And where I get the picture, I can show you. But, uh, you know, but we are, you know, most of the time, we release that fish because we know it can be produced. It. Yeah. And, uh, but that's in Puerto Rico we have the most beautiful immigration of fish. And we have two kinds of immigration. One coming in the springtime, one coming late in the fall. And uh, the jet streams pushing all the water from the, from the Gulf of Mexico, like you mentioned before, and from the Atlantic, and then to the Caribbean. And the second migration, when the fish all return from the south, heading to north, heading to us. And what you see is, you know, it's unbelievable in the water. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it is, and that's why that's why this podcast is interesting because we have guys like Captain Tito that have these stories that you know a lot of people don't get to see. It's it, it it's real life lived here. Yes. stories from different parts of the world and different waters, and it's it, it's just so interesting that I mean. It, you see stuff out there that you can't see from the naked eye. It can only be, it can only be, what is explained to you, and that's just that, that's incredible. I mean, that's, that's you have to be there. Yeah, you have to be there to explore it because you only have one chance to be in the water and explore that and see it with your own eyes and record that with your own eyes or your own heart. And you predicted that in your life. It make you a better man. Make it realize that God is powerful. Make it realize that when you're a fisherman, you have to respect what God gave you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing it, seeing it on a video from somebody else is not the same as seeing it in real life. Never. Experiencing, Never. experiencing it in real life. Yeah. A lot of times you have the opportunity to record it, but you know something? Like you mentioned, you recorded something and you can activate that recording. You can add something more. Yeah. But when you see it with your own eyes, you record it with the real fast. And, right. And right. that's when you became more realistic. You say, wow. Yeah. What a lucky to see the beautiful aquarium that we have and the beautiful zoo that we have in an ocean. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, it, uh, huh. this is, uh, I yeah. can show you some pictures here. I want to give you that uh, this is the fish. This is the fish right there that most of the time we're looking for in Puerto Rico. That's a red snapper. Red snapper. Red snapper. Yeah. The red snapper can grow that kind of fish right there. They call it queen. Queen snapper. They can go all the way down to 25 to 30 pound range. And uh, but most of the time, the best market that we have for that is between from three pounds all the way down to 15 pounds because it's very easy to be any business right yeah and uh, the local restaurants and even when you're sweating the fish they prefer to have that as a plate yeah and so and uh and red snapper red snapper is a good fish to eat I, it's I one of the top one of the top <laughs> market as yeah. eating fish very good you know, it's very good yeah. those are yeah those are those are really really and good I can show you uh, let me show you something here very quickly and well, while you're looking there, we got time. How about one more story? Okay. One, one more story. Have, it's, 
because these stories are interesting. I mean, you know, you don't you don't hear a lot about stuff like this, and it's interesting. So, we got time for one more. I get it. Uh, this is sound like a very uh, fantasy, but if she believe in God, that God can do everything possible, He will do it. And I also tell everybody this story because uh, this is the real life. This is the truth, and Nelson, that's a liar. The day when I went, we got a mountain they call it Desachel. It's 14 miles away from Puerto Rico. That mountain belonged to American territory. And mm-hmm. There used to be uh, uh, an island in which the Navy used to practice years back. Mm-hmm. So now it's a reservation right now. And it's productive with so many kinds of fish that it can supply to... The population of fish they have, we call it that way, the population of that mountain they have to fish, they can supply to the entire United States fishing. Wow. There's so many fish. Wow. There's so many fish they have in that island. Jeez. Well, we go fishing down there almost every single day. We pass it to the channel. And uh, I remember that I have years back, we're talking years back, a six horsepower Johnson <laughs> and an 18 footer boat. And it's like a little small panga boat made in Puerto Rico. And uh, I told the guys, it's, okay guys, let's go fishing. So we, we left 5 o'clock in the morning. We arrived past 7 o'clock at the end of the morning. It took about an hour and a half to two hours to get to the destination. Yeah. And uh, we started fishing. We loaded the boat with fish between red snapper, grouper, trigger fish. You mentioned in tuna every single fish, but I'll forget one thing, the gasoline tank. Oh! <laughs> I only have six gallons of gasoline tank, and I thought they can bring me back, because it's only six engine, six horsepower engine, it's not consume nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. But I start running back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Catching fish. The fish. And uh, I told the guy, when I saw the tank, with a six gallon squeeze it, <laughs> like this, like an air go through, I told the guy, let's go home before it's too late. Lucky, thanks God, and I said, God, please, help me to return home. The engine turned very nice. We said, keep going. Every three minutes, I look at the can, the tank of gasoline, it was squeezes more and more <laughs> and more. You know, I only have probably about a, maybe two inches from the time they was close to each other like this, the frame. And, uh, when I look at one of the guys that I say, he says to me, say, Tito, it's getting empty. It's getting empty. I told him, he said, lift the tank a little bit to see if we can, we can have a little bit of air through. Finally, about a quarter of a mile before we go home, the engine go like this. <laughs> no more gas. Oh. And then right there, well, a quarter of a mile, I can swim. That's what I did. I swam wow. at the corner of the mile, went to land, picked up a five-gallon tank that I have in a storage, I went in. The guy was waiting for me for the ankle on it, and I put the gasoline in. When I come home, my father, first thing that he said to me, he said, what do you do? He said, I'm out of gas. Oh, man. He mentioned to me, he said, I told you to take it, you never did. You know, we make mistakes oh, yeah. in life. But also when you trust God, and God can give you the ability to, to learn from that mistake, 
and make you a better man, like I said before. You realize, you realize exactly. And the two guys, they're looking at me. The first thing that he say, Tito, your face working. <laughs> you know? And I'll bet you you didn't forget the gas after that anymore. That's what I was about to say. Never <laughs> again. The first always thing be taken. I'm glad you said it because I always didn't take a 24 more gallon set truck. <laughs> you know? And we make, you know, a lot of time we can run and we cannot predict how far we go, but sometimes we go, we, we, are, we are so indetermined catching fish. Right, right. And the wood is so good. Everything goes so pleasant. Yeah. But you have to look also. What you're eating. Yeah. 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 It, uh, it does, it, uh, I'll tell you what, I got so many stuff that I can sit down with you that I can give you an encyclopedia. <laughs> uh, the memories that we well, have. Well, we're going to have to do it again. We're going to have to do this again. We'll do with this you again. And, I mean, it's like I said, these are just interesting stories that you yeah. don't hear, you don't see. Yeah. I mean, yes, you know, we, you will, can, we, yeah. will, we will act, have, we'll definitely have to have you back again on our, on our captain's log and yeah. uh, continue with some more of the stories. This being love hearing. Um, so we appreciate you coming on here today and uh, sharing a few of them, and we'll be glad to have you back again. To me, my honor. This is what I'll say to you. Uh, I'm sorry to take your time from here. When I became captain at the Nautical Academy, the best preparation that the best academy they have is that they give you all that is. When you make the decision, may call it this way, you make sure the decision is properly made. When you get on the water, they give you everything you need to make you the better captain, to make a better uh, partner, a better civilian. They <laughs> call it that way. The preparation that the <laughs> Nautical Academy can give you is outstanding. And I can all ask you for such a blessing to be involved with a Nautical Academy. Because they give you all the knowledge, understanding you, you had, you need to have when you depart into the water. It's this is a it's a privilege, you know. We, we thank you. We, we thank, thank you. you for that, then. Yeah. Yes. Good. Again, we want to thank you for coming on this episode, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again. Definitely hearing some more of them stories because this is be my pleasure, be my honor. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.